Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of 15-Minute Friday. This is a great episode. We were in Vegas talking about what we learned there on the economic outlook. But before we get into that, I wanted to talk a little bit. I had received an email. I was talking about leverage. And uh, I made a YouTube video, so you can go to YouTube and check it out about leverage. But I wanted to touch on it really quick because it's a really important subject. And I'm not just talking about money. So I'm not just talking about leverage with money. There's lots of other kind of leverages that you must use in business and in life. We we all use leverage every single day. A few just to kind of introduce this idea is experience, right? So as you're growing up, your parents use their experiences to teach you. So you're leveraging their experiences, knowledge, right? You go get education, you're leveraging the knowledge of someone else to enhance and further grow your life. And when talking about leverage, I use it in this connotation that is good, not bad, because leverage is a really good thing. In fact, if you look at society before we were able to leverage experience and knowledge and time and infrastructure from other people, every time a civilization crashed and died, it was like erased back to zero, right? So you could have civilizations that were thriving in one part of the world, but then in the other parts of the world, that knowledge couldn't be transferred. And so they had none of those gains where today we have infrastructure like internet and roads, and we leverage those things. And we've seen mass progress in the last hundred years. Population has boomed. Poverty has crashed around the world. This is all due to leverage. And then the last thing I want to say about leverage real quick is money that all money is leveraged. The money in your pocket, the money in your bank account is leveraged. So the money that we have is simply a promissory note to pay back whoever the United States is borrowing money for. Then that goes to the bank. The bank then gives it to your employer. Your employer then gives it to you. And then you put it in the bank, which the bank then again, in return, used to leverage out. This happens multiple upon multiple upon multiple times. So if you're not using leverage or actively looking at how you can leverage what's there for you, then you're really missing out on a boat. And I would encourage people to stop and think about the things that they're currently leveraging in their life and how to leverage those things to your behavior. You know, a simple one is like customer base. People leverage customer base through retail centers, right? You want to sell a product? Well, you get Walmart because they have the customers. So you're leveraging their customers. It's not a bad thing. In fact, it's a great thing. It's how our world and civilization goes round. So once again, I talk about it on YouTube video. You can go look at it, but thank you very much for the email. That was a great subject and a great topic on how I feel about leverage. Once again, you have to be careful because money and leverage can be dangerous. It's like a gun. You can use it to eat, but you can also use it to kill yourself. Please be careful with it. But as long as you know how to utilize leverage, And instead of buying consumer goods, you're using it to buy investments and income producing activities. You can not only use it to further your life, but you can use it to build society and further lots of other lives. With that said, let's move on to this segment of 15 Minute Friday. Thanks, everybody. If you're enjoying this, please subscribe. It makes a big difference. Once again, we are doing this for free. And that lets us know that uh, you're enjoying the content and that we will keep putting it out there. Thanks, everybody. So how do you achieve financial freedom, gain wealth, and live life on your terms? 
That is the question, and here is the answer. I'm A.G. Osborne. Welcome to Cash Flow to Freedom. So for this 15-Minute Friday, I wanted to go over our trip to Vegas at the SSA, the Self Storage Association, and kind of discuss why we go to these events. Lots of times we're speaking, that's the reason we go, but this time we weren't. We go for a few reasons, but one of the major reasons we go is to try to keep our fingers on the pulse of the market. This is especially important when developing. We go to make connections with people in certain markets that we aren't in, but maybe looking to go in, and also to meet up with business partners and develop better relationships. This is very important. This is really important when you're looking to grow and expand, especially in this stage of the market. And we are currently, let me explain it. We are currently in the late stages of our economic and on the short-term economic cycle. So you have to remember there's long-term and short-term cycles in the economy. Long-term debt cycles are economic cycles that usually last anywhere from 70 to 100 years. And when they end, it's very, very bad. Think depression, great recession. Short-term cycles are usually five to 10 years. Those are business cycles. And and these two are very, very different. The short-term business cycles are generally controlled by governments in the form of interest rates. So they're controlling money supply, right? So in a short-term debt cycle or a short-term business cycle, the economy gets overheated and so the government needs to contract the money supply, right? Too much money's in there, you start to see inflation. So they rise interest rates, that makes the cost of borrowing higher, money contracts, the economy falls. That's part of the plan. Recessions are part of the plan. We need them, it keeps things in control. Long-term debt cycles, uh, imagine it is when debt piles up so much, the government loses control. They can no longer control by simply changing the cost of money and increasing money supply. Those are generally deflationary periods when assets are falling in prices, right? We've seen this, real estate prices fall, stock markets fall, and no matter how cheap money is, nobody wants to catch the falling knife, so money retreats out of the markets and that's a really scary time, right? And we don't believe we're in that time, but we do have some concerns because the lowering of interest rates at this long extended economic cycle that we've been in, where we've been in a bull market for like 10 years, where we've seen massive appreciation in assets, but we're seeing that start to play out and start to falter, yet we're still dropping interest rates. That worries us because that means the government is kind of losing control of the situation, as in they're losing, they're uh, dropping interest rates to try to correct it or to try to make sure it doesn't stop. Now, meanwhile, in certain in certain areas of the United States and the markets we're in, it's boomtown. They are building everywhere. People are doing very, very well, and they're dropping interest rates. But that's not the same thing that's going on all over the United States. In many instances, we are a tale of two cities. In other parts of the United States, they're already in a recession. So their GDPs in certain areas are falling, while other areas like the Northwest, Southern California, some areas of the Sun Belt, um, Florida, Texas, due to mass migration, are exploding. This creates weird swings. And it's very important when looking at real estate because real estate is very localized for the most part. And especially when dealing with cash flowing assets because supply and demand changes. Some areas they're not building at all. 
and demand is steady, may not be increasing, but it, it's definitely not dropping. Where other areas, there's mass expansion going on and building is reaching levels that is never before seen. So supply is increasing dramatically. Well, if that's tight, if you have that on the backs of a recession, that can be very, very bad for business. Obviously, over increase of supply means drop in revenue and because demand's falling. So now you're going into a market at the highest prices they've ever been in the United States as far as real estate goes, and you're building at that or buying at that, and you're right on the back of oversupply combined with a recession. And we're already seeing this play out in some markets where we're seeing foreclosures. And uh, this has dictated some of our investing principles, not because we're predicting recessions, not because we're trying to, but because what the story that is being played out in certain economies is playing out in the financials of the investments that we're buying, which means we're not hitting our marks. So we're not doing a whole lot. In the last year, we've said no to so many deals, but right now we're looking at approach two or three different deals. We have to be careful because we know we're in the late stages of an economic cycle. Things are not priced to perfection, where five years ago, it almost didn't matter. We knew that economic you know, tailwind would push us forward and move us forward. We're really looking right now at a strategy of how we can improve and how we can force valuations and how we are gonna be able to increase the revenues of those assets and not depend on the overall economy to do it because if you're doing that, you're going to be severely disappointed in the years to come. Now, with that said, it's very important to understand these localized markets. So we go to these SSAs to meet with these people, to make sure that the markets that we're in aren't oversupplied because we can't necessarily help the prices that the markets are delivering, but I can help the upside that I can deliver in those assets and I can help by making the decision to go in or not. So we're not looking in our area, areas like uh, the Treasure Valley in Idaho where we're at, some other markets that we're in where oversupply is just absolutely rampant and revenues are already dropping. So as we're moving further away into other markets that we haven't been in, due diligence is severely important. We're taking longer time to make decisions and we're being way more careful. We were purchasing a quarter of a million square feet a year at one time. And um, this last year, we haven't uh, purchased anything. And so we did our Reno deal, which was a conversion. We're also looking at two other conversions now. So that's one of the main purposes right there, to keep our fingers on the pulse of the market and to understand. And we go there because we meet with, with what's called the large owner cancel. 90% of everybody at these associations it's all hype. They're looking at getting in. They're in there talking about how amazing it is. And then all of a sudden you go into the large owners, uh, owners meeting, which these are all people that own a million plus square feet. Some of them are, you know, billions worth of assets. It's a totally different story. They're all being very selective. It's not, there's the excitement just isn't there. And uh, when talking with them, and we were presented by some ex-CEOs of the largest REITs in the world, and they were talking about now that they'd left the company, they could be open and honest. The the, the future for us looks very, very bright. We're very bullish on the asset and we're very bullish in certain markets and different asset classes like mobile homes and uh, multifamily. But too, with that said, we could not be more bullish on certain markets and we wouldn't take assets in those markets almost any price. We just wouldn't even take them. Uh, there's gonna be occupancies well below 60% and foreclosures in those markets. So the biggest thing that our takeaway is, is really we're in a tale of two cities in the United States. 
the future is unknown. It should be cautious because prices are priced so high and assets are trading at five caps or below, which means they're priced to perfection, which we know there's never been more risk. We're moving forward. In fact, we have more deals now than we've had in the last six months that we may be, but we are very, very cautious. We want to hit our numbers. We're not making exceptions. We're being much more diligent and we have higher expectations than we did two years ago, which is counter to most people. We don't invest in prey. We have a plan and you need to also be very localized about your markets, okay? Make sure your analysis is not dependent on existing, but on future inventory coming into the market and what the supply is doing. I hope that helps. We had great takeaways, but everyone in the markets right now are very cautious because so many people are building and most of the people getting into apartments, development, they are not big players. In fact, most of these are brand new into real estate that are getting in, which is always a red flag. Be careful, and if you're just getting in, do your homework and reach out to people that are in the industry and have huge experience, lots of experience in recessions, in multiple economic swings, so they can help you understand better how your assets will play out in certain market conditions within certain regions that you're looking to invest. Thanks everyone for listening to this episode of Cashflow to Freedom. Be sure to subscribe to us for more and feel free to check us out at cashflow with the number 2freedom.com or find us on Instagram and Facebook. And also if you could leave us a good review, that would really help us continue to build out our content and our community. Thank you so much.